everybody. This is Eric Elliott. Welcome back to another episode of the Refocus Nutrition Podcast. This week, guys, we have on a very special guest of of ours. Um, he's one that I am happy to call a client, but also more importantly, a friend. Um, and this is Justin Mallet. He won the uh, Male Member of the Year uh, for our gym here at CrossFit Morai. Um, and he won so, I mean, we'll go over that, but he won so just because of who he is and who he's kind of become over these last uh, seven, eight, nine months of the year, uh, working with me, but also just some of the things he's gone through on his own time uh, inside the gym and outside the gym that have made him uh, what I believe to be a better member of the gym, but also probably a better friend and a better uh, father and, and husband as well um, to his family. So, this is one that I'm happy to share uh, with you guys, and I know that you're going to get a lot of value from just because Justin's a guy that I think a lot of people could relate to um, in terms of what it takes to to undergo a successful um, transformation, if you will. Uh, Justin lost 25-ish pounds um, and is still on his way to a bigger and better physique than he's probably ever had before while competing uh, he's doing his second CrossFit competition inside of two months uh, this Friday. So it's something that I'm excited to see as he progresses, uh, no matter where that might be in the future gyms of the world uh, for him. Um, that is mostly everything, guys. You're going to hear this. We recorded this podcast on the Live Morai podcast. That's CrossFit Morai's podcast. You'll hear another voice, uh, Cody Liu. He is a colleague of mine, uh, and he helped co-run the interview. So Without further ado, guys, here is the interview with Justin Mallett. Yeah. So, yeah, this is our member of the year. Um, most of the people who are listening to this podcast obviously know him as Justin, obviously. But, like, we'll start kind of, like, at the genesis of it. How and when did you get into CrossFit to begin with? And, like, did you have any sort of athletic background before? Yeah, I've been active my whole life. Um as far as CrossFit's concerned, I was started in, uh, I did the, when you guys still had them, the intro classes. So I did the intro and Coach RG, your guest last week, was actually my my welcoming coach. So he ran me through the intro. So, um, and that was in the February, just for the open of 2017. So I'm just okay. kind of over two years now myself here at the gym. Um, but as far as my background, uh, lots from swimming to soccer to majority was, was baseball. Um, ironically, I got a ball game right after our podcast. So, um, and then physically active as far as the gym's concerned, kind of hit and miss. Did a stint with powerlifting. Uh, did a stint with uh, with hit, and then just before I joined Moira, I had uh, kind of fallen out of six months of not really doing a lot. So, how do you find CrossFit after doing like powerlifting, hit, all that kind of stuff? Because like, just the newest thing. Because it was we were just open, I guess, almost a year at the time. You would have been in your intro so yeah. how did you find us or why did you decide CrossFit was the next thing so I, I heard of CrossFit and the coach that I was doing my hit with he had really spoken negatively about it so I kind of really took his word on it and mm -hmm. didn't really do a lot of investigation and then actually one of the the ladies that I still work with she she was doing the intro as well and uh, we just started talking about it and just kind of decided to take that next step and just decided to jump right in what were your first thoughts on it? Like, what well, did you having like a sour taste in your mouth, if you will, from that 
past person, what were your initial thoughts? Like, was it, oh my God, this dude was completely wrong? Or was like, eh, maybe I have to warm up to this a little bit? No, I was, I was taking it back right away. He was, he was wrong all the way right from the start. There was some things mechanically that I had to get used to. Uh, my, my air squat was terrible. Um, not only just mobility wise, and I still struggle with that today, but uh, just the genesis of it. Like I just couldn't do it properly. Yeah. And I remember RG was just always trying to get me a whole bunch of different cues to whether it was to set my hips back or make sure my knees were always out or tearing the paper or all those cues that you guys still give me today. It's not that I'm not trying, but I just uh, can't seem to figure it out all the time. <laughs> um, it's well, it's good. That, it's good that you came into it with an open mind. I think a lot of people, when they do come in and someone else has told them sort of bad things about CrossFit or told them to be wary or, or anything like that, they, they come in already with one foot out the door mm. and coming into it with a, coming into it with an open mind was, was uh, good on you for that. So that uh, you could you could actually, you know, take take everything that was being told to you and things like that um, to heart and a little bit more seriously than just thinking, oh, I'm going to do this this intro course and I'm probably not going to like it, so I'm never going to come back type of a thing. Yeah, and I mean, at the time, like I I realized and I still realize to this day that I really enjoy the group setting. Um, you know, there's plenty of avenues out there for me to go do just weights or go just do something on my own, but I just really like the group environment and I need that to help keep me motivated. One of the questions I had for you, Cody, because like I've only been here, I think this is nine months. I'm just finishing up nine months. Um, so I've known Justin for nine months, um, but you've been here for like two years. What was your first interaction with like meeting him? When did you, when did you meet him? Um, I, I won't go as far as maybe what, what was said in the, in the member of the year video. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, when I first met Justin, I can't even think of the actual instance that happened. Uh, I think it was an evening class, probably 6.30, something like that. And yeah, nice enough guy and was, you know, quiet in the, in the corner and not, not that he was antisocial or anything, but like he would read what was on the board, go start doing his warm up and doing all that kind of stuff and, and following along with the class, but sort of just in that, in that back corner, keeping himself a little bit. And there, I didn't think too much of it really in the beginning only because I know that there are people that just don't, don't, you know, thrive being social and in groups like that. And some people just want to come in, get their workout and, and go home, especially, especially I find in evening classes cause it's like after they've done an entire day of work and they're tired and all that kind of a stuff. So um, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit on the quiet side, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, seemed like a pretty decent guy. As far as, as far as I knew, obviously over the last little bit, uh, yeah, over the last little bit, we've uh, got to know each other a little bit more and, and obviously he's, he's, well, he's member of the year. So that, that speaks, that speaks for itself. Yeah. And I think that like I, you, you mentioned the, the member of the year video and like, for those of like, most people have seen it and there's people that haven't seen it uh, who aren't our members because that's how my first interaction was with Justin was like, I was just hired. Um, and like, granted, like I, we've talked about it. He's had, he's had a ton of other stuff or shit going on oh, yeah. um, during that time point. Like, uh, I think we were running a challenge at the same time and he didn't go into the challenge because he didn't have a kitchen at the time. Like there was, you guys are like renovating your kitchen. So yeah. like there was just, it wasn't possible for you. No. Um, 
but like our first conversation was like me coaching you and and it was a deadlift day and you were in the back corner same thing like you you weren't social in the class the way you are today um and like then the only time we chatted uh i think a little bit after the seminar with nutrition you just kind of walked by me and said we we have to talk at some point i'm like all right like that's a pretty open <laughs> statement so um i guess to kickstart things like a lot has changed between those those last eight or nine months um tell tell everyone about i guess where you were uh life life wise at that point um Eight, eight or nine months ago, almost a year ago. Yeah, so big changes. Uh, you know, we went through a full reno over the summer in our house. Um, so not being able to eat well, uh, basically just camping in your own living room. It sounds really fun. Yeah. Uh, just check in. It's it's not. Um, house looks great now, and and now I can meal prep to my heart's desire, which I did today. So um, work wasn't in a good spot super stressed out about that uh, the hockey season was just getting underway and I was coaching up a level that I hadn't coached yet so I was up there that was there those added stressors and and um, hockey had changed kind of the format for its hockey seasons and there just wasn't a lot of answers available so I was kind of coaching blind um, and then uh, in all this kind of we had unfortunately we had a, um, a death at our work site that I was a first responder to and I haven't dealt with it yet properly. Um, I still still have flashbacks and still have, kind of have all that kind of stuff. So, um, and just being a guy and not having a real outlet and, and not really dealing with it properly. So I wasn't a, a cool sociable guy. Uh, so deadlift days were definitely welcomed. So I could lift heavy and hopefully forget. Um, but everything's kind of turned around now. We're, um, we're in a good spot at work and um, things seem to be progressing at, in that direction as far as taking the next steps and the house looks great and, and the new, new camping season has turned around and, and the team member of the year was um, in a, in a very, very large shock for me um, just because I know that it, it culminated in a lot of things but it's a lot of personal growth that I've gone on as well just at home um, working on some leadership stuff at work uh, so I've, I've definitely worked on a few things outside of my nutrition with Eric but I think I think Eric can admit it's it's not necessarily a nutritional piece that I'm working with Eric. It's more of a mindset piece now that we're kind of really grinding into. So, and that's where we're that's where we're at right now. Yeah. So when you first started working with me, um, I think it was early November, so it was just before Christmas. Um, you had like very specific goals, and I mean, I always say like you have like people have a right a right to diet or a right to cut. Um, you have to earn that responsibility in terms of like eating enough to start off with, and when we when I first met you, I didn't meet you on you eating 1400 calories a day that way. Um, but like food quality probably wasn't great. Macros nope. overall weren't great. Um, and you had like a lot of like digestion, sleep, acid reflux stuff. Yep. Tell me a little bit, tell me about, I guess, where you were in November when you first started that way. Yeah, I know I had, you know, just digestion was, was not good. There was, if I ever ate past nine o'clock, which was common. I would probably wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning with massive heartburn. Unfortunately, sometimes I have to one of the run to the washroom and, and actually throw up. Um, it's common for me to take Zantac one a day. Um, so it wasn't, uh, definitely wasn't in a good spot that way. Um, yeah, I just never always felt like kind of lethargic. And even when I felt I was doing a good workout, I never felt like I had 
whether it was proper fuel or I could move properly because I always felt heavy. Um, and that's just not the, like the weight feeling. It just didn't, no, nothing ever sat well. Yeah. And then like over that time period, like your first goal, and I, I joked with you yesterday about this, like your first goal was obviously you wanted to lose weight. You wanted to get under that 200 pound mark. Yeah. I think when you first started, you're around 220. Yeah. Um, like the very first week, I think your interaction with me was like, you sent me a Facebook message being like, you know, when should I expect to see results? <laughs> and that's, it's kind of shows, it kind of shows you how far you come mentally, but like, the other thing that you kind of left out along this whole timeline from then to now is you also underwent knee surgery in the middle of yeah. December as well, right? Yeah. So tell people about that. And I guess <laughs> like, cause we lost a little bit of weight to start off with in yeah. November to December, but we also did have to kind of put the brakes on things through the holidays and Christmas and recovery to kind of, and, and even like through the start of the open to kind of allow you to recover, get you back to where you wanted to be. Um, which kind of speaks to that mindset of the long game that we've talked about over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean the, the comment on Facebook about when, when do I start losing weight? Yeah, definitely short sighted in, in that view. Um, if, for those that uh, get to know me or if I'm not in the corner dark room in the back, just lifting weights for myself, they know that a uh, little sarcasm is kind of <laughs> heavy on my voice most days, but yeah, I had, I've had for lack of a better term, I, I, oh, I the regular term is Oscar sloggers. But basically, when you go through your last major growth spurt, you your kneecap actually separates and then disintegrates and your body reuses it. Unfortunately, mine basically formed a second kneecap. So I literally have two bumps on my knee and the tendons are stretched over top. So jumping, running, um, any high impact movements really bothered my knee. So um, that's why I, I dislike running for the most part. I actually enjoy the act of getting outside and, and going for a run. It's just, the pain is just too much. So and jump, uh, box jumps is, uh, aren't my favorite here either for that reason. So I finally was able to get a doctor in Banff, Dr. Butchko, who said that, uh, he could give me a 50, 50 chance with no, with no worries of making it worse. So he offered to, uh, to take me under and, and so, we did the left knee first. That was last year in April, or I guess almost a year ago now. And then uh, touched back with him again, and he did the right knee. And the left knee took really, really well, so I was excited for the right knee. And, and I don't think it's taken as well, but we're still kind of in that recovery period because basically eight weeks out, we were into the open. So we kind of pushed it really hard there. So I'm not sure if it took well or we pushed it too soon, um, but it does – go to that whole piece where you and I started in November kind of got basically started with just eating, eating clean. We'll call it. Um, I know that you've talked about what's healthy and unhealthy and we want to stay away from those words, but what's nutritional and what's not sort of yeah. deal. And then just eating clean, prepping meals, being more consistent, being accountable that way. And then, yeah, we went through Christmas and navigated those challenges and then obviously we had to gear up for the surgery because there was a 24 hour fast and how do you have enough calories coming out of that? And then starting prepping, uh, prepping for the open and making sure that I could recover. And then we basically, the last week of the open was my first week of, the, of my cut where yeah. we reduced my calories. Yeah. And you started out by like, when we, when we talked in December about surgery and stuff like that, you weren't, you were probably, I would say at least 50, 50 on the open, like, yeah, I wasn't sure for sure. No, I, well, I just wasn't sure if my knee would be back. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely wanted to come in and, and I had a very direct 
sensible approach to the open this year. And that was, that was going to be my biggest thing, but I just, I wanted to be able to perform somewhat, even, even though I was going scaled, I really wanted to perform well. And, and I didn't want, I didn't want to use my knees as an excuse. I wanted to make sure it was good to go. And that was like one of the things I, like we didn't, when we, Cody, Carrie and I kind of discussed member of the year stuff. One of the things I actually didn't even think about, but was kind of valuable is that, you know, during that, I don't know if it's six to six to 10 ish weeks, um, post, surgery like you did take I think about a week off or two weeks off around the holidays which we were close for anyway so it wouldn't have mattered but it worked you out weren't, well <laughs> yeah you weren't you weren't the person though that like for lack of a better term sat on your ass and just said I hope it gets better you also did other things like you you didn't we weren't squatting or anything like that but we like you came in did open gym two or three times a week and we went to stay with a structured plan of working out but it just wasn't like specific stuff so go tell like tell people about that process and because like there's a lot, there's a, such a mentality, you know, I, I hurt my back or I, I hurt my elbow on my right side or my shoulder. So I shouldn't go to the gym today. Right. Like, uh-huh. but there's a lot of people that, you know, should be doing something with their body. Right. Right. No. And I, it's the thing for me with that one is I learned from my first surgery, my first surgery, I took a whole month off. I didn't, didn't do anything. And then I came in and I did a, a, a thousand, 2000 meter rows to see how my knee would feel. And I was like, Nope, not ready. And then, so I, I didn't, I didn't do anything for a month basically. And I learned from that, that I needed to stay active because I had lost any momentum that I had. And I just, I just basically learned from my mistake is a better way to approach it. And, and what can we do for me to stay active knowing that I still needed to get some sort of calorie burn to benefit from, you know, reducing and, and eating clean. So, we wanted to, uh, and that was just a joint approach. That was, you know, that was helpful for me. Like that's just not nutritional coaching. That's, you know, coaching from Moira that I received. That's no, you should, you should stick into this and stay close and start, start to move around when you can. So. Yeah. And like that was, so like from a weight perspective, you started at, like I said, you started at 220. Yep. Uh, I think around surgery, you're pretty close to 214 ish somewhere on there. Yeah. Um, and then post-surgery for the next probably six weeks, you were anywhere between 212 to 216 somewhere in there yeah but you didn't gain a ton of weight back but um you more or less maintained kind of as as things are going and we were um, increasing calories too yeah so that was that was different for me is yeah we're gonna give you more calories and i was like all right i kind of don't don't get this whole reverse diet thing and and i but i wasn't putting weight on and i was like okay well maybe this makes a whole bunch of sense and it makes sense to how to lead into a cut and understand the process now but that was nice to see that i was eating up and not putting any weight on and not going hard here. Yeah. From a psychology perspective, because there's probably, uh, there's a good portion of clients I work with that are working through a reverse diet or have done it. How hard is that initially to be like, you're, you hired me for, for weight loss yeah. and I'm telling you to eat more food. How hard is that to go through? I think it's just about having an open mind. Like, you know, from everything that I've, I've read or listened to, like, all the information I need about nutrition is out there. Yeah. So if I really wanted to, and I really wanted to be studious and, and do my own research or, or go attend a course, then I can do that. Um, but everyone needs a coach. A coach needs a coach. And, and you know, I, that's why I said, like, I, I had to lean on you. I, I wasn't going to pay you money and then not listen. It didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't make much sense to me. So we just cut it black and white that way. And sometimes the easiest way to think about it is like, why did I bring Eric on? Well, I need a mindset shift. I obviously need some 
coaching some navigation through this macro thing because that's a new approach before it was just calorie reduction that's all i'd ever heard was calorie reduction was just eat to this not necessarily minding what i was actually eating so and that worked too but i I obviously put the weight back on so yeah so that that was a huge approach you know getting through that recovery period and then up into the open um and that was kind of the biggest thing when we were talking about doing the open, like, should we do the open? Should we not do the open? Um, should we do it from a recovery perspective? Should we do it from a nutrition perspective? Cause we knew we were going to start a cut at some point. Yeah. So take me through that set of it mentally. Cause we had multiple discussions that we were very clear on the fact that if we're going to do the open or if we're do- going to do a cut and if we're doing both, we're not chasing performance in the open. We're just doing it for community, for fun, and, and kind of benchmark, yeah. um, not for performance. So go through that idea. Well, we got lucky this year, I guess, in a sense that we've got two opens. Yeah. So that was a huge deciding factor for us when we when we started to go through this process. And the, and I say us because we worked through this. So like like you know, like you said, like it was three or four check-ins in a row where we kind of like wish wash back and forth. We weren't sure how we were going to do it. And, and when I made up my mind that the open wasn't about competing or placing, it made the nutritional part fall into place a lot easier. Um, I, till a month ago, I didn't have a muscle up, but still technically only have two. Um, but I definitely didn't have it in time for the open. I still struggle with double unders. So I just, I made a decision around, I wasn't going to RX unless, unless the exercise was RXable for me, but I, I wasn't worried about any leaderboard. I wasn't chasing anybody in the gym last year, completely guilty of chasing other guys in this gym. And there's some immensely talented, uh, physical specimens in this gym. And I was chasing them and I had no reason to like I don't know what I was thinking (laughs) um whether it helped me get that next level in the open last year maybe but like there's I'm not even on the same playing ground so and and that the biggest part of that is I'm not there yet and I couldn't be there until I lost the weight because whenever you guys have spoken to it before either I'm not sure in this podcast or just in the gym but it's just around like to do gymnastics you gotta have to get stronger you have to get lighter so and for me it was I've always been that strong chubby guy. So stronger wasn't an issue. I was just too heavy. Yeah. So, and that's just where we kind of, when we made that decision around how we would attack the open and that's where it would be. And, you know, we were, whenever you had mentioned, like if we go into a cut, we're not chasing performance. And I don't know how many times you said that, but yet there's still times where I come in and I work out and I feel good going in the workout. And then it's like the third round and I just tank and I, I paced well but then like literally all i had for food storage is gone and there's not a lot right now because of what (laughs) we're doing a cut but you're just like remember you don't have any spare storage to use up right now so when we when we decided that the open in october was our real goal it made the nutritional process a lot easier yeah and that's kind of the cost of cutting that like goes through with a lot of people like you know i i said before you have to be like cutting is a responsibility you have to earn it to do it but at the same time too like within CrossFit there's so many people that at the same time want to chase performance and also like and I get it it comes from like the games level where you know people are looked ripped and they're also doing really good but those are like this is the physical specimens right like Cody's seen it too like like people most times don't need to um, look amazing to perform amazing like 
I think Matt Fraser's quoted or something like that. It's like abs are overrated. I think he calls them like I only have abs one week of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't need them, right? And most um, most of those people were ripped before they started. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't. They didn't like. No one wins the CrossFit Games or does well in performance because they have the best six best six pack. Like Matt doesn't. Full on does not have the best six pack. No. Um, so like that's something for like people to just recognize, but we were focusing on solely losing weight and doing so over a long period of time. I think we started the first, I think it was like March 10th. Yeah. I want to say yeah, it, was um, week, it was week five. It was, it was 19.5. That was the week we started because we, we determined that that would be the best week because I would still have some storage in place and I wouldn't be at a complete loss when I went into that even, but even the nutrition, like, going into the days before like your you know your facebook lives that you would post like this is your kind of your approach for your carbon take like even that stuff helped take the next level and then obviously just the atmosphere in here helps take you over whenever you start to fail or start to feel weak in a workout but it was just like those little tidbits like not necessarily carb cycling because it doesn't it's not a true application but just around when do you eat your carbs or um i think it was, was it 19.4 that had two two workouts. Yeah. That's four. And, you know, and I, and I had, I'd saved my carbs in the form of a Gatorade and had my Gatorade in between two workouts to help spike that sugar despite that response. Right. So, yeah, there was like, we, we did focus on, you know, as we maximize performance within that. Cause like, you know, next and we'll get to it, but in like in two weeks, you're going to be doing another competition and you're kind of on the back end of a cut, which is not something I typically recommend, but there's a lot of things that we can still do to maximize performance. Although you're probably not going to be as great as you could be three months from now. So starting off your cut, we did, we, I mean, we did do refeeds and things like that as well, but tell me about, I guess, about the first time you started to experience what a cut meant um, in terms of like, I think you started out, I don't have your file in front of me, but I want to say like, Started around like 2,700 calories. Yeah. Now you're down to closer to 2,200 calories, which is still for some people who are dramatically under eating a lot of food, which is scary. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how did that go? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely go into that because I'm interested to hear about this because I, I have never done a cut in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I, some ways, so I started to journal more on a personal front in a leadership development front for work purposes and just in life purposes, but I should have started earlier with it. Just, I think to go back and read some of those journal notes now, like at the start of the cut would have been pretty funny. Um, <laughs> like the angry part of this shirt would be definitely applicable. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it just, yeah, you're hungry. Like, and it's, it's hard to explain like what hungry feels like. And, and Eric mentioned and didn't mention yet, but we, you know, had me, fast until about noon or 11 noon every day just because we're reducing our calories so if you reduce the window that you can eat in it makes it a little bit more tolerable but like getting until noon was hard struggle so coffee coffee and, and aminos became my my biggest friend during that time and then um co-workers would joke they're like you're like when's when's your first meal i'm like around like 11 30 12 today they're like okay well we'll come ask us some questions then <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, the boss was like, do we want to change your schedule at work and just have you work like a more of a PM schedule, like an 11 to like eight schedule now and now. <laughs> so, but the first day that I felt real hunger, it wasn't that I wanted to go eat my whole lunch box right away, but it was like, oh, okay. I, and I hadn't felt that in a long time. Like we, I've been out shopping with 
the family or friends or been out out and about. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I should I should eat. Like I'm not talking that. I'm I'm, I'm talking like okay. I've already I've already chewed my fingernails off. I've already <laughs> I've already eaten like the third you know pen cap of the day. Like um that that kind of hungry where you're just like all right. And the first time I think it was in the first or second week. I started with my oatmeal because that retains water, so it kind of keeps you full. But I almost destroyed my whole lunch kit within an hour of starting my eating that day. And I looked down and I was like, I seriously have one meal left. I still have five hours left to work. I don't have a lot of room left in my calories for the day. I got to do a workout today. And it, it real set in real quick. And I'm like, okay, whenever I start eating, I literally have to like eat and I'll walk away from my desk. I'll go visit some people on the office so I can create a gap before I start eating the next thing. And the coworkers at work think it's funny because they're like, so you're reducing your calories. And I was like, yeah, like, why are you always eating? And I was like, well, I don't eat until noon, but from noon on, I'm literally, I eat something every hour until I leave for the day. But that's one of the things too that we, I mean, you talk about like you're always eating. Uh, that's one thing we worked on with you a lot. We stress, I stress with everyone who's in a deficit is like really focusing on food volume rather than just like, you know, like you can have things that are calorically dense and really small and yeah. weigh nothing. Um, but you're going to be starving all day. Like you yeah. can get your calories and peanut butter and still lose weight if you want, but yeah. you're going to be ravenous. <laughs> not a lot of food. It's not a lot of food. Yeah. So like uh, mini cucumbers, they're, one calorie or one carb each and one gram of protein per. So literally four or five cucumbers a day. And if you don't fire them in your face all at once, then they take a little bit of time to eat. So like it's all those mind tricks that I have to do because I'm super not strong in that area yet. And I'm yeah. still working on it. Um, you know, white rice is great for a carb post-workout, but again, not really filling. So, you know, a tip halfway through or a couple weeks in from Eric was like, Try some potatoes because you'll get a little more value out of that and you'll get the still same carb piece. But obviously, you know, you spoke to on your podcast before, but just around broccoli, like broccoli takes up a lot of room and you can eat a whole ton of it and it doesn't take up a lot of calories. Yep. So stuff like that. And, and I found great foods are really helpful for me right now. Um, a bigger, bigger piece of fruit and uh, take up, take me some time to eat. I, have, I don't peel it until I get to work. So there's that process there that it delays me a little more. So a lot of little tricks that I have to go through just to get my, my head wrapped around it. But like the weekends I thought would be the hardest Cody and they're actually the easiest cause I'm, I'm busy. I'm moving around. Yeah. So I actually packed a lunch to come here today cause when we're done, I'll have a snack and then I'll go play baseball. And then, you know, I don't want to just so I don't drink or, you know, I'm not ready to have some beers yet within my daily. So, and I didn't leave room for them. So I brought some food to make sure I can snack while everyone else is having a social, social beer while we play. So, yeah. And that's, and that's one thing too, that like we did, like I said, we did the, the entire time was repeat days. Tell me like what they gave you. Cause I always tell people they're for mostly for metabolism, but also for sanity. Yeah. Um, big, so big cause piece. like one, I know they kept you saying the entire time, but like, tell me about a couple of different repeat days and diet breaks that we've done over the time. Cause we've done, you know, like last weekend you went camping, yep. um, you had your hockey wind up, like all different kinds of things that like, you know, you don't go out every single night, but there's, there's times where we have events that you've mixed in over that period of time. Like you're still 
I put it on my store the other day. Like you still have tequila at the odd time, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, it, I think it, when it comes to nutrition or any sort of, you know, life decisions, it's just about planning and fortunate that, you know, my wife and I are on the same page in that area where we just we like to plan and make sure we have things in a row. And that's why we meal prep usually together on Sundays or, you know, we, we look at our, you know, I call them big rocks in our schedule. Like what's our half to get done this week. So we, you know, we'll make sure that the boys get to their sports and stuff and just got to deal with it the same way with your food intake. And, and that was super important for me. The refeed days were, were great because it was an increase in carbs. So whether I think we had, um, yeah, we had our Moirai, um, you know, post our post the open celebration and everyone's like, you're on your cut. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on my cut. And I'm like, you're, crushing two pieces of pizza and I'm like they fit into it this week because <laughs> I saved up for it so and I you know I they're in my tracker and I didn't even go I didn't even come close but I didn't drink that night that was the other thing um but the refeed days were super important because I think not only I, I usually did them on a Friday so if we did anything with the family if we had an event coming I would always make sure that that was my refeed day so that I could whatever it was have a wing or have a drink with friends and I still counted the drinks. They still went into the counter. Um, but, uh, you know, doing some research found out that tequila is the, the least punitive form of alcohol when it comes to that. Um, if you mix it with soda water and, and fresh lime, it's, you know, my friends and I, we call it the skinny margarita. <laughs> so, um, it's just a little better for the, for the system, but it's still alcohol is alcohol still has a negative effect on your body as far as digestion and, 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 you know, increasing inflammatory issues, but got to make sure that I'd still be social once in a while. Eric and I were talking about yesterday. He's like, one of the few things that I miss is just, just having a beer with the guys, not, not a light garbage beer over process, but just a nice craft beer with, with a friend is something that I am looking forward to getting back to. Yeah, and that's and that like you said, it's minor sacrifices. That, I mean, it could be major depending on how you look at things too. But um, one of the things we've worked on a lot, and it wasn't like a specific goal that you said that with. It is for some people, but was kind of your relationship with food too. And you mentioned kind of off the top about how you unconsciously, for your kids anyways, but like unconsciously working on it with your kids um, in terms of not you know, categorizing foods as good or bad foods or clean or unclean. Um, take me through the last nine months of your, like, did you have a, a bad relationship with food before and how has that changed over time? So full the, just kind of full background pieces, both my parents are professional cooks. So good food always was in the house. Unfortunately with good food comes high fat and there's a reason why it's good. So it's either got lots of sugar or it's got lots of butter. Or both. Or both. <laughs> so, and some of my favorite things, cheesecake, like you're, you're going to die. Like that, that's just a lot, a lot of, you know, not so nutritional stuff in there. Um, I don't think I had a negative relationship with food. I just had a misunderstanding where I didn't do enough research to understand the effects of food on my body. I knew that like, I knew that red meat or tomatoes late at night would always haunt me and I need the Zantac with that. But for me, I've reduced obviously the red meat a little bit just because of the fat to protein ratio. I gotta make sure I keep that in check, but I can have those two things late at night now because the rest of my digestion issues have gone away. Um, I mean, I also had a trip to Mexico in there too that we went, that we navigated. So like 
I definitely wasn't an easy client that way that I, I made your work for for your knowledge and, and for your guidance through this process. But those are, you know, we both, we had a we had a goal that week. I still track my food relatively closely, just didn't track the drinks that I had when I was there. But the goal was always to get to, to my protein count every day. I worked out every day while I was in Mexico. Um, and then we just kind of let the carbs and drinks fell where they fell. And, and I actually still ended up coming out on top, coming home from Mexico, which not many people could say they did. So, yeah. And I think that's one of the things too, like you, you did well at, at those trips, at all those kinds of things. When, so then you were about halfway into your cut. We were around that Easter weekend. Yeah. Um, you, I think, I think you're going to your parents that weekend, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. as you kind of mentioned, like great cooks, I can't yeah. imagine Easter, <laughs> there would be, be too hard to find something good to, good to oh. eat um so you wanted i knew you were playing golf in the morning and we were going to do a fast around that you wanted to kind of enjoy yourself that day too yeah um take me through that experience and kind of what you learned from that so that was my first real i guess setback in my head but not on the scale um eric had uh, told me he's like well if you're going to eat at mom and dad's it's like just fast all the way until you get to mom and dad's and that way um, there's no way you can overeat your calories and I don't know if it was the way he said there's no way you can overeat your calories in four hours or if it was just something that I heard that I couldn't do something so I had to try <laughs> so my calorie count is around 2100 calories um, but within the span of when I started to eat dinner at mom and dad's house so the time I went home I probably easily crushed 2,800 calories. <laughs> a boy. So, yeah, very proud moment. But also then when I started to calculate it, I had a panic attack and was like super fearful. And, and it wasn't that I knew Eric would come down on me, but I was just like, so like this whole plan that we had, I, I just kind of like chucked it out the window and uh, I just did not do anything. Like you said, the only part that I did right was I waited until four to start eating. And he was like, it's all right. We'll get back on it and we'll just start clean tomorrow and, and we'll see how the work plays out. And I was like, I don't know what I was expecting or I, I, I knew, <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to come down and slap my hand, but I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just that like reassurance. It was just, no, we'll just start back tomorrow and life is life and let's go. And I was just like, that's it. Like there's no, no real punitive measure. Like I don't got to do burpees for days. I, you know, you're not going to like scold me publicly. And it was like, that was kind of the first time we talked about it. And it was just one of those. It was like, all right, we got more speaking for the long game. We got a longer, a longer game to play here. It's not going to be one day. It's not going to crush this whole process. Yeah. Like, I always say to myself or clients or just friends, like no one got fat overnight. Like, so you like, you have to play the long game in terms of like, all right, it happened. What the hell is the point in getting frustrated about it? Right. Like, if you're, if you're someone that, you know, if, if all you're doing after a binge episode like that is getting frustrated, you're just reinforcing the fact that, you know, you, you feel guilty about certain experiences, right? Yeah. It happened. There's nothing you can do about it. Move on. So you can't like, that's not the time where, you know, some people will wake up the next day and just don't, okay, I won't eat today. Yeah. Right. So like, that's how we, you root that uh, bad relationship with food in. So it's good that you didn't do that. Um, let's talk kind of like a, from a macro level. Yeah. Um, in terms of like where you went. So like I said, you went and started at 220. I think today or earlier this week, you're at 197. So 23 pounds in, in weight loss. Yeah. What's been the change there other than the scale number? Just just consistency over the numbers because we haven't changed the numbers since day one. 
it's been it's been the same stupid 188 and 65 fat rate ratio. It's been that carb to fat ratio since since we started the cut. Um, I think it's just driving home that consistency, trying to stay within five to ten of those numbers. Um, understanding that if I go over one day or I, I'm under for some reason, some weeks I'm challenged to hit my fats because I'm trying to introduce new foods and so I don't get bored. Um, and how, how does that balance out? I've always struggled on the weekends, like I alluded to earlier, around making sure I eat enough. Um, and then just you know going through that part. A couple weekends ago, or for May Long out here, we, we went camping and I'd saved my, uh, my refeed day and actually we had a two day refeed where I could eat up a little bit and I actually didn't even eat up that much. The carbs stayed relatively on point. I ate up on the fats. Um, but I remember I only had like three drinks around the campfire and I woke up at 2 a.m. to go to the washroom and I bounced off a couple walls in the trailer because <laughs> I, I didn't realize that I actually had a little, the, the rums hit me a little harder than I thought. But, and then, you know, I came back because I was stayed within the macros because we stayed within that guidance piece that you had given me came back on Monday. And then like this whole week, hunger has been real bad. And I, and I, I knew the answer, but I needed Eric to tell me that it was like, yeah, we turned the tap on for two full days. I let you eat what you wanted to. And then now you're back to regular eating. He's like that your body's not going to like that. So, and I don't know why I needed him to tell me that, but because we turned the tap on for two days, now I'm going back to, you know, eating my regular cadence of 2,100 calories or my, my macro count. And, uh, it was a, it was a tough week hunger wise. Yeah. So like that's one, like in terms of turning the tap on the, another analogy I'll use is like, it's like if you have a dog and, and you like go around your house and like, you want to go for a walk, you want to go for a walk and then you don't take them for a walk. It's that it's exactly that where you're like, let's go, let's go. Let's see your metabolism. Like, all right, we're getting food again. And then you don't give more food and you're like, it's like, what the, like, where did it all go? Right. So that's definitely what you're experiencing. Mentality wise though, how has things changed over that period of time? Cause like I said, we started off with like talking about how you were that guy that wasn't really social in class. Um, and over that six, seven months, you have become that person. Like you'll talk to like PT clients that I'm working with that aren't even part of the class um, and cheer people on that way. Um, but not only that, like you're a big supporter in the open. And then I know like you've learned a lot about yourself, like in terms of not necessarily your why, cause I know you're still working on that, but yeah. like, but figuring out why you're doing what you're doing, uh, why you're tracking macros, why you're choosing to be lighter or healthier, if you will. It's been, it's been nice to have a couple other clients in the gym go through a cut as well. Cause it's funny way, but misery loves company a little bit, of, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but obviously an increased level of confidence, knowing that I'm a little bit slimmer, um, getting feedback from a lot of the clients around here and that haven't seen me or, um, you know, one of them yesterday, a couple of days ago was just like, your glasses are too big for your head right now. And, and which, you know, cause she couldn't figure out a way to say it nicely that she, I was making some really good progress. And, and so that's been really fun. And I think that's kind of helped with the confidence piece. Um, but I think just overall, it's just been a mindset shift that I've taken on and trying to help develop some teammates at work and realizing that there's a lot of correlations in my life that I just wasn't putting together. Um, I was challenged by my wife because I coach young kids 
And she's like, why can't you coach your coworkers like that? Like not necessarily, you know, speak down to them, but you know, like you're super supportive of your kids and you're always willing to pick them up and, and like, why can't you just be that person all the time? So challenge there. And, um, it was just more the mindset shift of, of doing some reading and, and I'm not an avid reader. And I just decided that I was like, listen, like I can fight not reading all I want, but at the end of the day, I have to start to develop some skills. And if I want to accelerate my career at work, then I need to be a better manager and I need to be a better communicator. And, and it's great that I can, you know, have a group, a close group friends, group of friends, uh, but it's about expanding and, and going outside your norm and things that I don't usually do. And, and the gym gives me a small microcosm to work on that, introduce myself to people that I don't know and um, kind of go through that piece. And then they find out that, you know, that I'm going through a nutrition thing and they've asked me random questions and, and I can help out. And that, that's really fulfilling for me is that I can help pass on what you pass on to me and whether nutrition wise, or if it's a tip that a coach gave me once around something and, I can pass that on and I, and I just really, really dig getting that, that feedback back. Yeah. And I think that one of the things too, like that you've, you've changed on is the, is that long game approach, right? Like, cause you know, we're nearing the end of our cut now, yeah. but we're already in our weekly check-ins looking five, six months out. Right. Yeah. And we're looking at what's, what's the future here. And we're figuring out what's the end game. Um, Avengers. Great movie. Great movie. Great great title <laughs> drop there, eh? Um, gotta keep, so, gotta keep Cody in check here. What's, what's the end game? Like, what's the number that we want to get to? What's the final physique we want to get to, right? Um, so how did how how has that shift, I guess, gone toward the, the long game approach? And has that been an easy shift from just being short-minded, I want fat loss now, to being like, all right, I'm comfortable knowing how I'm trusting the process and seeing how it could work you know, a year down the line, six months down the line, et cetera. Yeah. The end game is, you know, and the long game is, is difficult for me to see at first. I can get it now because things started to work and um, like nerd thing. We, we do this thing at work called the 40 X and we have this whole principle at work that it's not the big rocks that you move. It's the small little ones that you move consistently that leads to the big rocks moving. And it's just when I, started to like wrap my head around the same sort of theory that, and that's kind of what we're doing here. We're not, we're not chucking 10 pounds out the window at a time where there's literally a half pound loss one week and you were happy. And I was like, Oh dude, half pound. I just wore different clothes for the weigh in. <laughs> so, and it was just about doing the small things. And, and I'm realizing that in my relationships, um, you know, whether it's here in the gym or just my relationship at home with my wife or my relationship at work, my coworkers, it's just the small things. You know, I can buy my coworkers candy every day or donuts every day or coffee every morning and they could care less. They just, they want an authentic Justin coming in the door every day, knowing that I have their back, that I'm going to help guide them, that I'm going to help take them to their next leadership level. Um, it's about coming in here and, and increasing the pounds on the bar by one pound. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going from a 235 bench press to a 300 bench press. I'm, I'm going to go in two pound increments. Um, so that was a definite mind shift and, and like reading a book is hardest thing for me, but finding different applications to get information in. So podcasts, podcasts, I never really, they've been around forever and I'm just super late to get on the bus. Yeah. 
So and I'm, I'm taking in a couple different podcasts now, some on mindset, some strictly on nutrition, some like this where you can get a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to that point, to that point, I think obviously a big, a big theme throughout today's episode or this week's episode is, is obviously been, been your mindset and how you're approaching these things. And I think what a big thing that a lot of people can take away from this is you mentioned obviously moving those little small rocks and, and, and keeping that consistency up and things like that. And that's, uh, and that's huge. It comes like not only nutrition, like I, you know, I've had programming clients that were, you know, I give them three days a week of work and they're like, Oh, I'm going to throw in a couple extra days just to get some, you know, get some more work in and stuff like that. And they end up, you know, working their recovery or anything like that. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, keep like on, on the point of sort of staying the course and being consistent. Cause obviously you go back to the top of the show and we talk about all that, all that, that, that sort of melting pot of crap you're going through. I mean, any one of those things, would have derailed a lot of people and you were going through basically all of them at the same time. So a good on you for just turning the corner on that. Um, and then I find that, and you sort of mentioned before that when, 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 when the benefit reaches beyond the, the, the individual, that's where I find people have more success sticking to anything, nutrition, programming, whatever. Because I mean, it's great if you know you want to look better, you want to feel better. But then, like you said, it's it's helping you. It's helping you become a better lead, like build habits, become a better leader at work, and you know, setting an example for your kids and being there for your kids and, and, and your family and things like that. And as soon as as soon as that it becomes more outside of the individual, is where I I feel people have success. And the fact that you're you're taking this long approach, this long patient approach, um, and that you have. You have that. You have that why that's outside of you just wanting to be wanting to weigh less. Um, I think a lot of people can take take something from that when they're and apply that to whatever it is they're doing um, to to stay more consistent and build those habits. Yeah, I think that like Thanks. and that mentions too. Like, you know, we rarely talk about food really, like from a from a like a big level. Like yeah, outside you, of the first first month when, yeah. we, when we pulled certain things to work on like the acid reflux and stuff like that. Yeah. We don't really talk about food. Like we talk about macros, how close are they? I can see them on my chart. Yeah. I don't need you to go over them for me more or less unless things like have changed. Yeah. Like 98% of our conversation is mental stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, don't need to cut you down or anything, but you're a ketchup and potato and ground beef <laughs> kind of guy. So <laughs> yeah. Chef knowledge from you. So I'll, uh, but no, it's right. Like, I mean, you know, there's some pieces around there around understanding like how my body reacts to protein and when to input it versus post-workout and, you know, filling the potatoes in for that gap there and maybe that's a good fiber piece. But yeah, most of it has is, is been just mindset shift and, and that's where it's been really handy. I, uh, like I said, I, I needed someone to keep me accountable because like, I, like, you know, I, you've spoken to too is the information is out there. I could have got it a long time ago. Everything's on Google. Everyone's on Google. It's a great resource. Um, but it was this mindset shift that, that I needed to go through to, to get some results. One of the last, like probably the last question I had too was like, how hard was it? And again, this is speaks to you th then versus now yep. um, in terms of like being vulnerable. Cause like, I think that's one of the things that 
you didn't want to do then. Nope. Um, like our conversations, even when we first started out, were very surface level. Like, yep. wasn't anything digging deep. Like I said, we were talking food mostly. Um, but now there's like pretty much nothing you won't share. Like it's nope. there's more like there's more avenues you'll go down. You'll tell me how things are at home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So yeah. how has that changed over? And like, I guess to other people, what is, is there a power and vulnerability for those people who are like, have their guards up and, and weren't are kind of like you were a year ago? Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's funny. I, I spoke to my, uh, my, my entire leadership core at, uh, at work their day and I'm talking directors and above. So the guys that, uh, yeah, a lot of important people in the room and, and there was eight supervisors that had to speak to the room because we'd all have attended a leadership conference um, a couple of weeks past earlier. So we did a group presentation uh, and fortunately I was the last one to go and that I could kind of read the room and see where everyone was at and see how vulnerable people went. And, and I had to tell, I had to become very vulnerable because I had to let the business know that I meant what I was going to say. Um, so I got super vulnerable in that setting and, and I think that it was a I wouldn't have got there if we did that presentation I would say anything outside of three months ago that I, I don't go anywhere near that level within that room um, or even come on this be here uh, with you guys today so it's still something that I struggle with because I think that we all want power and we all want to make sure that we and we all think that some of us that are closed-minded and, and are still learning think that once we have power, if we hold on to it, we get stronger. And to Cody's point earlier, when, when you can share your knowledge and share your power, that's when you truly get stronger. So being able to share this journey with a few other people in the gym, you know, obviously share this piece with my kids and, and, you know, my oldest is, is asking me like, is this, is this good for me? Or should I be eating more of this or less of this? Or, you know, and those kind of questions. And it's, it's, it's a different question then we probably would have went down before. Um, understanding that a carb is a carb is a carb. Like it's so simple. I was trying to explain to my, my direct manager the other day that once I'm out of this cut or even in this cut, I could technically eat donuts right now. And he just couldn't wrap his head around it. He's like, well, why? And I was like, because a carb is a carb is a carb. So I'm not going to get a bunch out of it. But I, if I wanted to struggle that day and enjoy a donut because they come around the office lots, um, then, uh, then I could eat a donut. So, but getting back to the vulnerable piece, like it's been, it's been tough. It's something that I'm not used to yet. Um, but I think I came out of that meeting with my, my direct leadership team and obviously been able to be pretty honest with you. I think Eric, I made it easy for you in that way. Um, because I've just been straightforward with you. Where am I at for the week? It's been good. It's been bad. Or bad or like, why has it been good or bad? And, um, and most times it's been bad because of my own doing, but cause I haven't taken ownership or accountability on something, but, um, sometimes I'm just frustrated because I don't know why it's not working well, but I think that that helped along the journey as well. And I, like I said, this isn't, this wasn't a, a two, a two day turnaround. This was November that we really started to, to work on some of this stuff. And again, it's all been mindset stuff for us. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much everything I wanted to cover. Cause like, like you said, the biggest thing, the biggest transfer, I guess that I've seen is just, like you said, between the years, like, yeah, you've lost 23 pounds and yeah, you could probably lose another, 
you know, 10, 15, not yep. that you stand to lose it, but you could easily do it if you keep putting your mind to it. But none of that happens. Like, I don't think your cut would be as successful if we started it on December one as if we did it then, because you spent those first, those first two or three months of learning, you know, macros related, yeah. but also just like digging deep mentally was what you needed to kind of make this cut successful. And I still don't, like you talk 10, 15 pounds. I still don't know what that finishing line is yet. So like we, cause every time I go down that rabbit hole and trying to understand like why and what that number is, I either get scared and I don't want to go any further. So I pull back and I'm like, okay, I'll come back to a different day or, um, and that cause when you ask yourself why, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'd be like, I'd like to be that guy that walked down the beach and, and just have a rock and body, but that that's just, it's not enough. So, cause I've been, I've been sub 200 before and I told myself I'd never be over 200 pounds again. And that was five years ago. And I met Eric when I was 220, 221. So the number isn't, isn't the real why. And I, I haven't been able to dig up what the real why is. Cause then I get scared every time I get into the real why. Yeah. And that's something like we're going to continue to work on week after yeah. week. But yeah, it's, I think it's like 80% or 90% or more people aren't even exploring that question. So yeah, good on you for that. That's pretty much everything I had there. Cody, any questions on your end? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot today. Um, and I actually enjoy just kind of sitting back a little bit more and, and <laughs> listening to, to, to the stories, uh, a little less work on my part, which is totally fine by me. Um, uh, but yeah, we covered a ton. I think we can definitely wrap it up there. Um, I mean, Justin, keep, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're an amazing example for, for, um, all the other people in the gym, which is obviously why we gave you member of the year um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and for those of you listening or watching on YouTube, if, uh, if you see Justin in the gym or you haven't met him yet, introduce yourself. He's an awesome guy in spite of what his shirt says. <laughs> and, yeah. So, and yeah, you like get, get to know him and anybody else that you might not know in the gym, everyone's got their story and everyone's there for a reason. And we can all, we can definitely all help each other achieve whatever it is that we're, we're looking to achieve. Yeah, and it doesn't exactly come over and I found like Justin's story. Like it, it takes a long time of like self development and, and trusting where you're wherever it is you're going. But yeah, that's what I would say as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, no worries. Um yeah, we'll we'll call that a day. Uh, tune in next week for, for more episodes. Uh hopefully we'll have a, a few more guests for you guys to talk to for you guys to listen to as well. Um you two have yourselves a good day. All right, see you, Cody. See ya. Bye guys.